I have a pretty good feeling we're going to win this war on woke because, you know, the woke folk, they just keep handing us ammunition. <laughs> What's up? This is Mark K. Saves the Republic. And uh, a couple things. First of all, I know I told you there might be a Memorial Day show. I told you also there might not be a Memorial Day show. And there was not a Memorial Day show because uh, I'll be honest with you. I, it was a great Memorial Day weekend. Um, I spent a lot of time with the family, went outside, we hung out in the pool, played golf with my kids. And then I woke up Monday morning and I was like, couldn't move. <laughs> because I'm not usually that active. Uh, so we spent the day memorializing and remembering and spending time with family and praying and uh, going to church and stuff like that. And I decided, eh, no show today. You should be doing the same anyway. But uh, today we're back. And man, there's so much there's so much to discuss today. This whole debt ceiling crisis, which we'll get to in just a minute. There's actually, people think there's two sides to the debt ceiling. Uh-uh, there's actually four. There's actually four distinct sides to the debt ceiling debate and this p- potential deal that Kevin McCarthy and Joe Biden uh, think that they made. And we'll get to that a little later on. First, though, I want I don't know if you heard this, man, but the number one song on iTunes over the weekend by Jimmy Levy and uh, this other fella. I forget his name. Uh, but Boycott Target. Did you hear this? Yeah. yeah. Tentinal shoppers. Tentinal yeah. shoppers. Yeah. Target, 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 yeah, they target in. Target, target, yeah, they target in. Yeah, that's the guy. And his name is, uh, by the way, I have his name here. It's um, uh, Forgiato Blow. Forgiato Blow. He's with Jimmy Levy. They're conservative rappers. Jimmy Levy's a gospel star, actually. You may remember him because he's been canceled off pretty much every social media network. But that's Target. That's the number one song in the country on iTunes, or at least it was, I think, until Luke Combs snuck in there. But it's like Luke Combs. Forgiato Blow and Jimmy Levy and uh, and Taylor Swift. That's, you know, that's your typical idea. And that song is big. It's huge because Target continues to be a, an influence, a negative influence on children. And this and this boycott Target, uh, you know, steam uh, tra- train has gained momentum. Nine billion dollars in market share that they've lost since they've started pushing these pride items for the month of June, which I'm and this is the thing. It isn't even June yet. This is all happening in May. Leading up to, they were all getting ready, all excited for Pride Month, and they stuck the tuck panties, the tuck-friendly underwear up there, and the queer, queer, queer shirts, and all this other stuff that targeted children. And uh, and all of a sudden, people realize, I mean, look, here's the thing. All of these, it, there used to be this sense that people were scared of looking like they were uh, what what are you non-inclusive scared that they were looking they were going to look like you know transphobic or or anti-gay or whatever the big thing is but I mean look I mean it's not it, it's interesting because I think people realize hey after COVID you told us to follow the science follow the science follow the science and now you guys aren't doing that at all you're telling us men can get pregnant and there's multiple genders we know that's not true we learned that all in you know high school science class or at least I would have had I paid attention I, I think I actually learned it. A little bit later, because I didn't really, I talked a lot in class, which should probably not surprise anybody uh, whatsoever. But I mean, that, that's the thing. So now people are looking at it going, this this fight goes two ways. And we realize what's happening here. We realize that this is a corporate agenda. We realize that these are, these are uh, you know, corporate people who are pushing this agenda and they're doing it in a way to normalize what is absolutely abnormal behavior. And uh, And finally, you've got people standing up for it because it's in their face. That's the thing. 
There have, yeah, have there always been gay people? Sure. Have there always been lesbians? Absolutely. Have there always been transgenders? Don't know. I'm not a transgender history expert. I imagine there's been, I remember watching MASH. You remember watching MASH? MASH was like the hit TV show growing up in the 80s. And Corporal Klinger dressed up like a, a lady. He dressed up in women's clothing. And it was back then, there, and uh, this, is, uh, this is important. This is actually something interesting that you should probably pay attention to. Corporal Klinger was in the army. And he didn't want to be in the army. He was drafted into the army. And he was trying to get out. And in order to get out of the army, you had to do a couple of things. Number one, I think you had to be injured uh, or you had to be mentally ill. So Corporal Klinger, the entire time MASH was on the air, was doing his best to prove that he was mentally ill. And how did he do that? He dressed up in women's clothing, earrings, hats, dresses, high heel shoes, the whole thing. And he would run around the army base. He would run around the, uh, dressed as a woman. And the whole reason he did it was because he wanted to prove to people that he was mentally insane. Because back then, in the 80s, if you were a man dressing up as a woman running around an army base, it meant you were mentally insane and you should be discharged as soon as possible. Now, spoiler alert, Klinger never actually got discharged until the uh, war was over. But the fact of the matter remains, that was one of the ways that men would try to leave the military or prove to people that they weren't mentally stable by dressing up as women. Now, a man dresses up as a woman, and instead of saying, you're mentally unstable, you're not fit to serve, you're mentally unstable, you need to be locked up, you need some kind of mental health, uh, you know, uh, mental health treatment, instead of all of that, that guy's put on beer cans, and he's put on, you know, he's put on display, and they're sending him out to do uh, story hours for little kids. It's really, it's a bizarre, it's a bizarre flip-flop, but it's something that I think we're starting to see come back. Incidentally... There is more news about that guy on the Bud Light can, Dylan Mulvaney. Now, do you remember when we talked about Dylan Mulvaney uh, at the at the outset, 365 days as living as a girl? Then he got the Bud Light sponsorship. Then he got the other. Then he was doing like Nike Sports Bra, doing all this stuff, and all these all these these companies bought into the BS that this was the future of marketing, that this was a viable market, that this was somebody that most people who were in the market for whatever product or services they were selling. This is a person they could relate to. And also that this is a person that is not a man. It's a woman. Well, Dylan Mulvaney, after raking in, I don't know how many hundreds of thousands of dollars and causing so many corporations to just spiral down the toilet, made an admission over the weekend. Listen to this. So I recently told my parents that I may be a little bit romantically interested in women. And that was a big shock for them, considering the past 10 years of coming out as gay, then queer, then non-binary, then trans. And I think it was just a bit of a shock. Yeah, well, you know what? Here's the thing. It's a shock to not, I'll be honest with you, very few people in, in my world, but a lot of other folks. And that means that Dylan Mulvaney was not a trans activist. Dylan Mulvaney was not a man living as a woman for 365 days. He definitely wasn't a woman living as a woman for 365 days. Dylan Mulvaney was and is a charlatan, a con man, a con artist, somebody who created this big spectacle, put themselves out there, lived as a separate character in an effort to obtain something of value. Just like Corporal Klinger and MASH, Dylan Mulvaney wanted fame and fortune TikTok followers, Instagram followers, wanted to be on the news, whatever it was. That's what Dylan Mulvaney was after. And that's what Dylan Mulvaney got. A lot of people said, we're going to buy into this charade. We're going to buy into this con. We like your story. So we're going to let you pretend to be whatever you want. And we're going to pay you for it. Well, now truth comes out. Dylan Mulvaney 
has romantic uh, uh, feelings toward women. Why? Because he's a dude. That's that, and that's all. It's natural. It's natural for a dude. I don't care if you're strapping down your, you know, or putting things on your chest. I don't care if you're tucking it in your underwear. I don't care whatever you're doing. It's natural for dudes to be romantically uh, attracted to women. And Dylan Mulvaney is now coming out and admitting that after being, I mean, think about what this guy did. This guy it sold it, it sold Anheuser-Busch. I mean, one of the largest, most, I mean, I mean, you would think prestigious beer names or beverage names in the, in history, a company that has survived, I think over a hundred years, I'd have to double check that. Um, a company that has been, you know, part of American, just Americana and I, iconic American company. He was sold them, this little con man in a dress, sold them into this story of being a woman for 365 days, plummeted their, their market value, tanked them, and now uh, coming out and saying, hey, you know what? I actually like women. So uh, there you go. Sorry. Sorry, Bud Light. Sorry, Nike. Sorry, whoever else I took money from whose stock is plummeting. And we're seeing similar things go on now with Target. Target is is part of the uh, part of this this corporate culture that's pushing this agenda and at the same time destroying their own capitalist structure. I mean, nine billion dollars is a lot of money. Well, not if you're negotiating the debt ceiling. We'll get to that in a minute. Here's another thing that I thought was kind of interesting. This is from Breitbart. Um, now that Pride Month is kind of geared, what we've been seeing is this is pre Pride Month, right? What we've been seeing here in April and really March, April, and May has been a, a three-month buildup to the actual Pride Month, which is the entire month of June, which I know people are shocked about. They're like, wait, we haven't even started this thing yet? All I hear about every day when I turn on the TV, every all I hear about when I go on social media or Twitter is gay, LGBTQ, trans, Bud Light, Target, grooming. All I see are rainbows everywhere. And you're telling me we haven't even started the month? No. Month starts June 1st. It starts next week. It starts, uh, I'm sorry, later this week. And then we have 30 whole days of it. This has been the pre-Pride Month buildup. And what's happening with these corporate cultures is they're starting to see the backlash. And they're starting to pull their supplies. They're starting to pull their support. In Miami, there are LGBTQ events being canceled for fear of backlash and protests and things like that. And while, you know, the uh, the warriors of uh, while the warriors of woke are retreating in some places, there are others where they're just gearing up. And from Breitbart, uh, this is this is a headline I thought was kind of interesting. LGBTQ activists warn corporate America, you need to be our ally. LGBTQ activists called for new campaigns Monday to warn corporate leaders not to heed opposing voices while ch chastening those who uh, relent in the face of public pressure. So <laughs> I want to. So LGBTQ activists are publicly pressuring these corporate leaders not to give in to public pressure, which is kind of interesting. They it's selective public pressure. They don't want these corporate leaders giving into the the public pressure from their customer base, because let's face it, let's face it. Not a lot of transgender people are drinking Bud Light. Not a lot of LGBTQ people are shopping at Target. If there, if there were that many, think about this. If there was such a large market for LGBTQ gear, if there was such a large market for tuck friendly panties, if there was such a large market for t-shirts that said queer, queer, queer on them, whatever it is Target's selling, if that was such a big market, you'd have seen that stuff in the store year round. You would have seen that stuff in there for Christmas. You would have seen it there for Valentine's Day. 
you would have seen for 4th of July. There'd be like a whole, if it was such a huge market, there would be an entire section for LGBTQ people year round. But there's not. It only comes out around Pride Month because, well, it's called pandering. But in this case, it's called it's called corporate uh, malfeasance, <laughs> I guess is what you would call it. They're not doing their stockholders a bit of gosh darn good. So they're trying to convince you that there's all this stuff. They're, they're trying to convince you that this is what their, their market wants, but the public pressure they're getting is showing otherwise. The boycotts, the, the verbal attacks on employees, the number of Karens walking in to, to ask, ask to see the manager, the people that are, that are you know, pushing these things to the back of the stores, the corporate memos that are coming out saying, hey, we got to revamp our entire LGBTQ Pride Month strategy because it's bad for business and it's not safe for our employees or our customers. All of that stuff that's happening right now shows that public pressure and the majority of Americans don't want that kind of stuff in their suburban big box stores. Yet the LGBTQ activists are saying, don't give in to public pressure. And how are they doing it? By threatening them. They're using public pressure to tell these campaigns and these, these, uh, these activists in, these, in the uh, C-suites of all these major companies, hey, we're going to pressure you too. So now these companies are getting it from both ends. They're damned if you do, damned if you don't. The, the, the regular market, people like you and me and people that go to these stores and don't want these products and don't want to see these products and don't want our children exposed to these products, we're out there telling Target, we're not shopping at your store anymore. We're not going to do anything. We, you know, we're not, we're not going to go and support you. We definitely don't want to see this stuff, so we're going to shop somewhere else or shop online or whatever. People are making videos exposing Target for what they are. I mean, the number one song on iTunes is Boycott Target. It's bad for business. And if the if these corporations were truly just capitalist entities, they would reverse course. They'd say, look, we're as, as capitalist entities, we're there to create capital. We're there to build up our business. We're there to make money for our investors and our stockholders. And so many of them aren't doing that. They're pushing this, this agenda. Why? Because they're feeling threats from the LGBT community. And now they're getting it again. The, the LGBTQ uh, Q community is now going to these corporations saying, don't you dare give in to your customers. Don't you dare pull that stuff off the shelves or else we are going to real, then we're going to boycott. It's already happened with Bud Light. Bud Light got pissed or uh, the uh, lesbians and the, and the gays and the transgenders got pissed off at Bud Light for caving to the woke mob and, and the backtracking and sort of apologizing. Then they were like, screw you, Bud Light. We're not buying you either. Same thing's going to happen with Target. Same thing's going to happen with any other company uh, that tries to do this. LGBTQ. I think the T stands for terrorist because they're terrorizing a lot of these corporate entities into doing things that are bad for business. And then uh, when they pull back, terrorizing them again and threatening more boycotts. All right. One more thing I want to get to here quickly before we uh, before I wrap it up and start planning for today's show at noon Eastern 11 Central, which which airs on all of our Marque show, uh, Patriot Radio Network radio stations. It's also streaming on all of our platforms, Twitch and Twitter and Facebook and la di da di da di da. Um, but, uh, is this whole debt ceiling talk? And we're going to get into this at length because this happened over the weekend. Everyone was like, yay, we got a deal. Then everyone was like, no, this deal sucks. Then it was like, come on, we got to work it out. No, we should vote for it. Ah, it's going to happen. Ron DeSantis is out there calling it terrible and horrible and no good and, and very, very bad. But, uh, basically here's the deal. There's four sides. There's four sides in the debt ceiling, uh, debate. If you, if you're either on, you're either on team Biden which is, hey, this is the best deal we're going to get and we need to do it, so let's do it. Or you're on Team Kevin McCarthy, which is like, well, we negotiated and we got some stuff and 
Uh, we're not going to let them just arbitrarily raise the debt ceiling without any uh, repercussions. So we win. Or you're on team conservative Republicans who are like, this deal sucks. It doesn't do anything. We basically folded in negotiations and Kevin McCarthy is the worst speaker of the House in history. Or you're on the side of the left wing lunatics who basically are saying, no, nothing. The, the, don't give in to Republicans. Don't cut anything. It should just be give us money, 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 and more money. That's basically that's basically where we are. And a lot of Republicans are saying it's 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 bad. It's inadequate. I'm not voting for it. Ron DeSantis came out and said debt deal was totally inadequate. Uh, reset a budget traje trajectory of March 2020. We're still careening toward bankruptcy. And there's a list, I think 10 last time, including Chip Rory and Lauren Boebert of Congress people uh, who aren't going to vote for this particular debt ceiling increase. And these are the same people that supported Kevin McCarthy. Uh, I'm sorry, these are the same people that opposed Kevin McCarthy and forced him to make these concessions before they allowed him to take up the gavel as Speaker of the House. And one of those concessions was one vote for a vote of no confidence, one vote to replace the Speaker of the House. That's all it would take, one vote to oust Kevin McCarthy. And this negotiation, I don't know, it's going to annoy a lot of those Republicans who eventually caved to allow Kevin McCarthy to take up the gavel and become Speaker. But it's nowhere near what he promised. The 87,000 IRS agents they were going to defund, they're still funded 98% of them. Not, what? Hey, Siri, what's 98% of 87,000? 85,260. So there you go. So we only, we only got rid of 1,500 of those IRS agents. There's still going to be 85,000 rolling around armed, ready to dive into your Venmo accounts and take whatever money uh, the government thinks that you owe them. There's also been very little cuts to other discretionary spending. Uh, very little. There's been like basically no work requirements for the Medicaid and the Medicare and the and SNAP and all the other stuff. All of the um, all of the social programs that basically is is free money for folks without any kind of work requirement whatsoever. That was a key part of the Republicans plan. And it never came out in the final in the final bill. So this debt ceiling debate is not over. And it's not going to be over. There's still going to be some fighting. Um, I, anyway, I'm a little, I, it'll be interesting to see also what happens with the Republicans and Kevin McCarthy moving forward, because this could be, like I said earlier, I said, he's been doing everything right so far. So good. Kevin McCarthy, he put on the straight jacket. He said, I'll be your speaker. And he was doing everything right. But this may be, uh, this may be the beginning of some, dissatisfaction, if you will, among the ranks of uh, conservative Republicans, the so-called MAGA Republicans um, in the House of Representatives. Anyway, we'll be see it'll be interesting to see what happens moving forward. We'll get into all of that on the show today. Please tune in. Mark K uh, on the radio, any one of our Patriot Radio Network radio stations. You can also tune in on any one of our live streams, Twitch, Twitter, Facebook, all we got them all. We are everywhere. We basically try to be everywhere at once. It's, it's daunting. It's difficult. It's exhausting at times, but it is our duty. It is our duty to get that information to you here, there, everywhere, wherever you might want it. Because uh, by being informed, by being entertained, by by understanding how valuable uh, you know this republic is and how we've got to fight for every single day, by knowing who the enemies are and how they're trying to infiltrate your sense of common decency and American pride and patriotism and your ideals, uh, by doing that, by knowing that, by having that info. And by banding together, we will all save the republic.